Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Dr. John Little. He is a Dakota from Standing Rock. He is a scholar, a historian, a filmmaker, and a mentor. His presentations and research focus on Native student retention and success in higher education, decolonizing work in the university, cultural appropriation, and Native American-themed mascots. Lakota and Dakota music, and Native American Vietnam veterans. He looks at the fact that Native Americans serve in the military at a higher rate per capita than any other ethnic group in the United States. Dr. John Little received his PhD in history from the University of Minnesota, and he is passionate about changing the way history is written about Native peoples. He is currently the director of the Native American Recruitment and Alumni Engagement at the University of South Dakota. Previously, he was the director of the 7th Generation Summer Program, a Native American college readiness program for high school graduates in the Black Hills of South Dakota. He is the co-director, along with his brother Ken, of the 2017 award-winning film, More Than a Word. The documentary goes inside the movement to change the name of the Washington football team, as well as what's at stake for contemporary debates about cultural appropriation and Native American-themed mascots. So, let's jump into this conversation with Dr. John. John, uh, thank you so much for joining us at Five Plain Questions. It's really great to have you here on the program. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, if uh, you could um, introduce yourself, tell a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, that would be great. Yeah, perfect. So I'm going to introduce myself in Dakota. So, Hamadak Yepi, Chanteo Ashtena, Bechus Apedo, Ishkawan Chiankapi, John Emakiapido, Damakota, Kahomasichu. Uh, so hello, my relatives. Uh, my name is John Little. Uh, I'm an enrolled member of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. Um, I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado. My dad participated in the relocation program in the 1960s. So I, I grew up in Denver, have a lot of connections to the Denver area, um, and then ultimately moved to Winter, South Dakota uh, in about... I think when I was eight or nine, late nineties, early two thousands. And so I actually grew up there for, for high school and um, ended up attending South Dakota state university for my undergrad in history. Um, and then my master's at the university of South Dakota for another degree in history. And then eventually my PhD from the university of uh, Minnesota, all in history, very big nerd. I love to study history and different things like that, more focused on us history, but also um, kind of sub focused on, on, on native history in general too. Um, and uh, really, like my experiences the last few years have just been working with a lot of different students, doing different things like that. So uh, I'm all about history, but also helping students uh, get to and through college. So, and your work uh, at USD is it's quite noted. Um, I think uh, you've been really a part of this group, reviving um, the activities at USD. I, I mean, there's been there's been a consistent amount of work over the years, of course, uh, with uh, previous directors at the, the center down there. Uh, but it feels like there's sort of this um, up-ramp in activity and intention uh, with the students and community engagement. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I was fortunate. I just started this new role in August. Uh, I was previously started at USD on a postdoc, but uh, I started as the, the director of native recruitment and alumni engagement. And so it's been really exciting. So what that means is uh, just developing programs for our first year students on campus. So right now we have uh, a living learning community that I'm kind of in charge of called the Wiyushkan Umpi Tipi, uh, which uh, roughly translates to like they're living contently together. And it's our first year. It's, it's like a learning process. We've been slowly developing that. Um, and we're fortunate enough to bring you, Joe Williams, back to come uh, to that and, and participate in that. And the students really appreciated that conversation. But uh, so that's part of my role is like developing first year programming, helping with retention. And then the other part of my, my role uh, is doing alumni engagement. And that's, again, something that, that USD has kind of done a little bit over the years. We have uh, we have a list of 800 native students, eight to 900 native students. Uh, it hasn't been updated, so we're working on getting that updated. I think it's probably closer to 1,200 to 1,500. Um, and so really developing programming, doing different things like that. And so those kind of go hand in hand. I think a lot of people are, are kind of confused when they think like a native recruitment and alumni engagement role. But if we want if we want to help students, uh, retain students at USD and help them graduate, uh, I think it's really important for us to show them alumni who've been successful and, and bring those people back to campus to talk about their experiences. Um, we've brought in, I think, five or six speakers just for that this year, and every one of them didn't graduate in four years. And I think that's really important for students to say to see what that path looks like. I think oftentimes we put a lot of pressure on students to graduate in four years. But uh, for, for me, it's really important for them to say it, it could be four years. If you get through four, that's great. Five, that's even better, you know. But at the same time, um, sometimes it's going to be eight years. You know, sometimes you're going to ha have a family or, or things are going to come up or you're going to have to take care of your grandparents or support your family. And so sometimes it's a 10-year journey. Sometimes it's, it's a longer. And so I think uh, it's just it's been really amazing to kind of develop that programming. Um, and, and really, I, I, I'm all about supporting students and upholding them, too. So I think it's been fun. It's been really fun. And I know, like you said, there was a, a definite long legacy of that at USD for over, over 70 years of different programming. And so um, really amazing to be part of that and uphold that and kind of get that back to where, where it used to be. And so I think it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah. With, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think the majority of the guests on this show, on this podcast, um, and, there, there's a pattern. There's a couple patterns. One is, um, most of most of any of all the the students or the the guests who had been to college didn't graduate in four years. You know, either uh, life brought them away, or it took them five plus years to be able to get the degrees. Including myself, um, my my four year degree turned into uh, almost a, a decade journey. You know, um, but that's life. Life gets in life inserts itself into um, your plans. So I think it's really great to be able to acknowledge that to the students that if they're entering um, school later in life or they're not quite where they think they or want to be, um, I think it's good to be able to acknowledge that um, while they're there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think and that's that's the tricky part. I think sometimes in this game, people want to focus on the negative statistics, you know, like uh, our retention rates aren't, aren't, aren't great or they're they're like really low or whatever. They want to focus on the low statistics of, of native students graduating college. And um, I'd rather focus on the, those that keep going. I mean, it's a it's a really tough journey. And, and if college were easy, everyone would get a college degree. And so I think Very it's true. it's uh, 
it's really difficult. And I, I think that it's, it's been really amazing just to, to work with students and, and especially those ones that I, I, you know, I love when they can graduate in four years. I love when they can do the five year, four or five year journey. That's mm-hmm. ideal, obviously, but um, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, a student I've worked with previously uh, graduated in nine years and, 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 and she had two kids during that time. And I think sometimes we look at that as like, oh, it took you nine years, but it's like, she started a family and then not only started a family, but like continued to go through and is like now a nurse, you know? So I think it's really amazing to see what people can overcome. Um, but it's also, we have to think about what success is. I think our focus of success is, is, is it shouldn't simply just be a piece of paper. That is a form of success, obviously getting a college degree, but like having a happy, healthy family, you know, supporting your, your communities, whatever that community looks like is, is really important too. And so I think we have to start challenging how we, how we measure success for, for students. Right on that. That's so well said. Um, you know, we've, we've started this intro with, um, talking about uh, the academic world, but you also have uh, a creative background as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I kind of forget that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So my brother and I are actually uh, co-produced or co-directed uh, a film called More Than a Word. Um, we've done some other short pieces. And so um, we do some film projects. It's it's one of those things uh, that I, I wasn't ever, I, I'm not trained in that. You know, it's just something that I, I we were really interested in. My brother's kind of trained in it. He's got a background in graphic design. Um, and I think we just really wanted to kind of tell native stories. And, and that's kind of the, the film more than a word is analyzing and looking at the Washington football team um, and native mascots, native uh, and, and cultural preparation. And so I think for us, it was just kind of, we saw that conversation going on and it was a lot of different arguments and different things like that. And we were really hoping to actually like have a native voice included in that conversation. And so many times with any argument or any controversial issue, people are talking over each other. They're not listening. And so for us, it was really important to, to make an educational piece that people could watch and maybe understand, you know, why this is an issue. And so we do a little bit of different things like that. And, um, and I think that's, I, I was doing an inter- a panel interview a few weeks ago, and I, I really have been thinking a lot about this, but people for me think it's kind of weird that my background's in history, but I do some film stuff. And then I'm also mostly working with students for, for most of my jobs in my career. Um, and those are all really interconnected. You know, I think that some people don't see those things connected, but for me, it's about better representation. I want to write better histories. I want to challenge some of the histories that have been told out there. Uh, I want to make better or films that are going to help us with representation or, or challenge stereotypes. And then working with students, I want them to be represented um, and not only in college and higher education, but like whatever field they're going to do. We need native nurses. We need all of these like people out there in those communities. And so all of those three things are really interconnected and, and about representation. I think that's what um, and it took me a while to realize that they're all connected. I, I think I kind of always had to felt like I had to over explain why I was doing different things. But um, there's so much need out there for us. And, and it really is a lot of it is just stemming from representation um, and positive representation. There's a lot of negative representation about us. And so I think that's kind of what, what that, what, where a lot of that is stemming from. Uh, and to the heart of this podcast, you know, um, we define success um, not by grabbing the celebrities and having them on this podcast, but the people that are out there doing the hard work and, and having success at different levels. Um, so I definitely feel what you're saying. I think that's great. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, can you talk about, um, about your influences and those who have, uh, helped you along the way to where you are now? Yeah. I mean, that's, 
that's one of those questions that is so hard for me to even, I mean, I've had, I've been fortunate over my career. I've had great mentorship in every step of the way, whether it's been in, you know, high school, middle school, elementary school, college, uh, my, any of my jobs, I've had a lot of really amazing mentorship. Um, and for me, I think it's first and foremost, uh, you know, my parents, my mom and dad, um, they really, um, they, they both have master's degrees. So education was really stressed growing up too. Um, and you know, my parents were divorced when I was nine years old. And so I think, um, my mom raised me like as a single mom for a lot of my life. And my dad was involved in my life, um, and, and was around and was there if I needed him. But, um, for the most part, I, my mom raised me and like taught me the value of education. And so she's, she's definitely like easily the biggest influence. Um, she's been there for, for everything. Um, you know, whether I need money or, um, gas, gas, or like help, help with the car repair or whatever she's been there. I wouldn't have gotten any of my degrees without her support too. Um, and then obviously like my other influences, uh, my wife, Megan, you know, she's been there for me a lot of the way too. She was helping. I think she's the one person that's read my dissertation multiple times, um, whether she wanted to or not, she helped edit it. So she's, so I've been fortunate with that. Um, lots of just amazing like mentorship, uh, whether it was my advisor, Jeannie O'Brien or anyone that I've worked with in the past, it's, it's been really, I've been really fortunate in my life to have, have mentors, positive mentors be there for me. Um, and I think for me that actually like the biggest influence for me is actually the students. You know, I think, um, I, I, I briefly almost went down this path of just being like a tenure track professor. And I think that people that do that, that's a really amazing opportunity. And we need people to be tenure track professors teaching those classes. But for me, that was tough because it's more focused on publishing and I, I want to be on the ground working with the students. And I think for me, I, I saw a quote one time of like wanting to be the representation that you didn't have or didn't see growing up. So I, I didn't obviously have a lot of like native male mentors who were like around um, growing up sometimes. And so for me, it was really important to like, to kind of create that for, for the students. And I think they're energy drives me. Like I can be around students for a little bit and see them being successful or, and even, even their struggles, helping them with whatever their struggles are, whether it's math class um, or any of those things or fi- figuring out scholarships or financial aid. And so for, for me, that's also a huge influence too. Like I, I love working with students and I love that, like the position I currently have right now. And so it's easy to go to work um, because they're going to go back and they're going to their communities, whether it's an urban community or a a reservation community or wherever they're going and they're going to go make these really impactful changes. And then, you know, hearing from them a few years later, like what they're doing or when they check in with you or different things. Um, And so that's, that's a huge influence for me too. It's just like being able to like work with those communities um, and see the amazing things that they, that they do, whether it's a four-year degree or whether they're graduating from college um, or like I said, having like a healthy family uh, is important too. So I think um, that's a huge influence for me as well, too, is just is being able to work with students. Um, can you talk a little bit about your career, um, both um, through college and post-college? Yeah, so that's a great, great question. Um, you know, so I, I came from a small town. It's a, it's winter, South Dakota. It's, it's a border town um, and near the Rosebud Reservation. And so uh, coming from winter to Brookings, yeah, so for, for me, my career essentially started at South Dakota State University, um, going there, like I said, majoring in history. I took a lot of Native Studies classes as well. Um, and I think that's kind of where I got a lot of my passion about uh, working with, you know, writing history and telling different stories like that, because I was reading a lot of histories 
oftentimes that I didn't felt representative, you know, and I can remember reading a textbook that talked about the battle of wounded knee. And, uh, I can just remember being like that, uh, you know, the massacre of like 300 unarmed, like women and children doesn't really seem like a battle to me. And so I think that was kind of one of my motivations was like really understanding and what history is, but then also just wanting to participate in writing better histories about native people. And that really started at SDSU. Um, but while at SDSU, you know, it was difficult. It's obviously college is hard. Um, I had a lot of ups and downs in it. Like my junior year, I almost quit. I mean, I was really struggling um, in coursework just to stay focused and different things like that. Um, and I applied for a job at the Boys and Girls Club uh, of Moody County, which is in Flandreau. So it's a, probably about 50% or more of their the students there are native. And it was really uh, a really amazing opportunity for me to just be able to work with a lot of youth who have tons of energy. Um, you know, they're kind of, they just don't know about the world yet. They're just happy and excited to be doing anything. And so I, I love doing that. It's you're working with kindergartners through, uh, through like eighth graders. And so it was really amazing to be able to do that. Um, I was working probably too much, probably I think about three or four days a week. Um, and so much that I was actually skipping one of my classes to go to work there um, ended up being nominated by that professor to actually win like a native American community award. And it was because I kept skipping class to go to that. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate that she was able to be flexible and, you know, I, I did my assignments on the side and different stuff like that, but, but that was a really helpful job for me to kind of think about, you know, different things like that. So I'm working on the history, but also like working on helping, you know, native youth and different things like that. Um, and so decided after I graduated from there, I, I actually worked at the Boys and Girls Club for a year right after college um, and was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, ultimately ended up applying for the master's degree program at the University of South Dakota um, and then headed down to Vermilion for that. And so that was a two year program. And it really taught me like a lot of just about like the actual process of writing history. You know, undergrad is kind of some tedious, so lots, lots of tedious work doing different things. So it's teaching you like kind of early on what it looks like to write history. But the master's program here was was really amazing in which it, it taught me actually like how to write like a historian. You know, you have to write a master's thesis. Um, and so I started exploring different things like that and actually ended up writing a, a master's thesis on uh, Native Native Vietnam vets. And so that's where I kind of, I, I was here. I came to the, the Oral History Center on campus at the University of South Dakota. The, the South Dakota Oral History Center is what it's called. And they had about eight to 10 interviews in there of, with native vets from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And so used that to write my thesis. And um, that's ultimately what I ended up taking to Minnesota to, to become like my dissertation. And so, and eventually, like, I think the goal right now, I, I think I'm kind of on a break, but uh, the, the goal is eventually to turn that into a book and, and write about those experiences and also interview more veterans um, and do different things like that. But I've been fortunate while I've been doing a lot of these opportunities, I, I've had different side opportunities while I've been doing school. So while I was at USD, I did a lot of research opportunities as a graduate student, but also um, I worked in the multicultural center on campus. And that taught me like a whole different viewpoint of like looking at diversity, looking at, at, at a lot of different communities. I think as native people, sometimes we get native centric and it's really easy to focus just on like better representation. For native people but i think uh that job taught me that i was being a little biased um focusing sometimes too much on native people um and it, it just taught me like tons of different perspectives and worldviews and cultures and like i worked with international students from across the world 
um, heard different languages and customs that I, I had had no idea about. And so that was a really good opportunity for me just to kind of start learning about um, how we're all on the same playing field for a lot of different things too. And we need to support each other. Um, and so I think that, that those were all like really impactful things for me. Um, and then at the university of Minnesota, you know, that's kind of where I got really even learned even more about writing history and the whole process of history and different things like that. So, so I've had like a lot of career, like my career has been focused on like writing and, and academic work, but then also I try to stay kind of focused by doing uh, community stuff. So during the summer, I was actually working at a summer program um, between summers, I guess, at the University of Minnesota. I was working at a summer program in the Black Hills for Native students transitioning into college. And so um, that was really where I started kind of seeing like, this is what I want to do. This is like, I want to work with students like transitioning to college because there's a huge need for that. There's a lot of programming for students in high school, um, but there's kind of a gap from their senior year to college. Um, and then just beyond, there's, there's not a lot of resources. There's campus resources, but like that's really where I kind of started getting what I want to do with my career was just like working with, with as many native student college students as possible. And so I was fortunate to have that job opportunity during the thing. A, it was funding. It was income for me to, to live, you know, graduate students are pretty broke, but, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And so it's, it's, that's kind of one of those things that like all of these things have been kind of, as I've been working and developing in my career, um, they're, they're working with each other. So again, talking about better representation in history books, but then also like what that looks like on a college campus. So I think that's been important for me. And some of them, like I said, they don't often seem like they go together, but, um, they do. Um, and they're really important because they, they've kind of driven me to, to be successful. I, I don't think if I wasn't working with all these 18 year old, uh, students who were about to call, go to college and had no idea how hard college was going to be, um, I don't know if I would have like they re-energized me every summer to go back to my PhD program and work. And I, I don't know if I would have been able to finish the program without without their help. Um, and I don't know if they ever if they know that, you know, obviously not probably. But I think it's it's just like really important for that for me to be around students because their their energy is they're just so excited. They haven't been crushed by the world yet <laughs> in ways that sometimes <laughs> you, it's easy to get bitter by. But um, they're so excited to go to college, and it's it's really amazing. And so that's always kind of been been a, a driving point for me, like in my career as well, too. I think uh, you you referenced um, the the summer program. Uh, that's sort of the the gateway between high school and college. And the the one thing I noticed because uh, I was I was in one of those programs. Um, you see the benefits of that program. Once, once you're on the university side, uh, you see the confidence, uh, that these students come in there knowing, knowing what they're walking into. And though it, it doesn't look the same, uh, because the program that I was in, uh, you know, there was dozens, if not a couple hundred native students on, cause I went to USD as well for my undergrad. Um, in the summertime in high school, you'd see all these native kids on campus and it was great. But then when the school year started, you didn't see anybody, you know? And so, while it was shocking, at least you have, I had been, and a number of us had already been on campus. And so it wasn't quite a shock as opposed to, uh, some of the students who came, um, right from the res who hadn't been there before. Um, when they sort of had this deer in the headlights look. And so I just, I, I'm just acknowledging the, the benefit of the, of those programs and the staff. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, it's a culture shock for anyone, especially when you're coming from like a small, you know, if you're coming from Parmalee, South Dakota, mm. 
mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or uh, a small community like that. Vermilion's not that big, or Brookings isn't that big, or Aberdeen, or wherever students are going. They're they're mm-hmm. you know they're they're pretty small communities, but at the same time, like imagine coming from some of those communities, especially if you're growing up on the reservation and you're seeing a lot of different brown faces, you're seeing a lot of tribal members and community members. And then all of a sudden you're like one of very few. I think it's, it's, it's a culture shock for a lot of people. And, um, and so I think it's important to do those programs to just get exposed to the world too. And so I think you're, you're, you're completely right with that. And the thing that I like is, you know, a lot of times the staff members that are working there have also gone through those experiences too. So it's, it's, it's really important for them to share those experience experiences, their experiences of maybe something they didn't do right or, you know, something along those lines of just, just to help make them more successful. Mm-hmm. And definitely someone that can just relate to those, those fears that the students have to be able to acknowledge and, and to, to be able to address those is, is huge. And I, I speak from experience being one of those students. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think so many times, you know, it's, I think sometimes there's that fear of if I ask a question, I'm going to look stupid or something like that. Um, but like you said, it's if, if, if I can come into a room and I can say, you know, like I have a PhD and I like flunked out of math three times, like I, I really want to share that with students. Like math is hard. College math is really hard. And um, I did not do well in it. It made me cry multiple times. Um, and so I think <laughs> it's important for me to share that with the students because, um, you know, I think sometimes there's that perception again, thinking like you're going to, everyone's going to graduate in four years and they're going to be perfect. They get all A's, you know, and and that's just not true. That's not the reality of that. It's like so many factors come into play with that too. And so I think it's important for sometimes people to talk about their failures while also talking about their successes too. Mm. Um, I can relate. College algebra one was the final course that I took in my undergrad degree. Uh, I actually had to extend my college years out because I had to finish that college algebra, which I tried multiple times and couldn't do. So <laughs> it's hard. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have trauma from it. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Uh, can we talk about uh, opportunities? Um, you know, how, how I, I often pose the question is how do you seek opportunities? Uh, but sometimes as we start moving through our career, uh, opportunities start presenting themselves in different ways. And I was wondering if you could talk about that. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And I think for me, it, it's, it's really about, uh, you know, it, I think most people would be kind of shocked by this because um, I'm more outgoing, but I, I used to be incredibly shy. I used to be that student that uh, people still <laughs> kind of tease me from high school when I would talk, I would like talk with my mouth, like over, over, like my hand over my mouth. Like I was so shy that I didn't want people to know that I was talking. And so um, it, it, it took me like a lot throughout my career of just kind of getting outside of my comfort zone. And like really challenging myself to do that, even if it's like just to go up and to talk to your professor afterwards and say, like, I really like this reading or, you know, whatever. I think that's that was like a a lot of challenges for me. And I I was fortunate working at the Boys and Girls Club. This sounds like really weird, but I was a I'm still not a great public speaker, but like public speaking was always really difficult for me. And, And like, like I said, talking to people and putting my getting outside my comfort zone. But working at the Boys and Girls Club, like every day I'd have to go in there and I'd have to make the announcements for the day. I'd say like snack, this is the snack today or like, you know, we're going to have this event here and this activity in this room. So like I'd have to get up in front of them and it's a bunch of like kindergartners and first graders and like they don't care what you're saying. You're just trying to get them to listen. And so it actually like weirdly taught me how to be more of a professional speaker with students and how to like make sure you're clear, clear, 
clarifying to them like what's going on that day, not talking with your hand over your mouth. I couldn't do that there. Um, and so like things like that kind of taught me. So I think getting outside your comfort zone for to find opportunity is really, really important. And I think the biggest thing for me is just networking. I think that's that's like such a, a an underutilized thing for for native people because it's it's not you're not used to just going up and talking to strangers and different things like that. But but that's been like a, a, a way that I've gotten tons of different opportunities is just talking to people and telling them different things and asking questions, um, not making the focus on yourself. But I think you know for me when we were coming up with the film, uh, we got a lot of rejection from grants. Like no one wanted to fund my brother and I because we were two brothers with absolutely no film experience whatsoever um, trying to make a film. And for me, it was just going and talking to people and connecting to people and saying like, my brother and I are trying to make this film, you know, and, and that got us out there. Um, It took a lot of work and we've got ended up stumbling on some like really incredible, amazing opportunities because of that. And so if you don't put yourself out there, um, it's hard to find those opportunities. And so I think that's, that's like my, my biggest lesson for people is just to like, you know, try to network and, and talk to anyone as much as you can. And Indian country is really small. It's a, it's a really small community. Um, and so um, that, that comes with some negatives. You can't be talking bad about people because it's probably someone's cousin or auntie or uncle or whatever. <laughs> but um, on the flip side of it, if you can connect with people on a personal level, they're they they probably know some opportunities for you like oh you're interested in nursing well we have this nursing scholarship at our local community you know so it's just different things like that so like putting yourself out there and i know that's easier said than done but it, it took a lot of practice for me like i have been working on it constantly still working on it constantly um and so just kind of just kind of working working that into there and, and 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 so that's like an important thing for me with opportunity um and then you know just I think finding ideas that people are interested in that and interested in investing in is like a really important thing as well too. Um, for me, like to go talk to someone about something like mascots or, or our film, um, it, it was really easy because it's like I, I thought in the long run it was going to change, make change, you know, for native communities and, and get better representation representation for us. It was going to get people to not see us as stereotypes or savages or whatever they want to you know fill in the blank there with, but. Um, so when you're passionate about a lot of those ideas, I think people can read that and understand that. And so that's, that's like just, just being passionate about whatever you want to do. Um, we've got a lot of different students here and, and I love when they get like really nerdy, if they're like in the, the, the band or whatever, and they, they come up and I, I just, I, I try to listen to them as much as possible, but I, I love when they're like that passionate about stuff because, um, it, you can just see it on their face, whether it's like art or again, band or different things. And so I think, being passionate about whatever you want to do is, is really important for kind of seeking out opportunity. And uh, the final question um, is what would you say to the 18 or 22 year old that's listening to this, this conversation? Oh man, that's, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think first and foremost, I just would tell them just to like be proud of who you are. I think it's been really amazing over the last few years to see the represent, representation change for, for Native people. I, I, I think that's like a few years ago, if you'd have told me that we're going to have four or five Native people at the Academy Awards, you know, reading one of the awards for different representations, like all the, the cast and characters from Reservation Dogs going up there and actually like being on television. Like, I, I mean, I can't, I, I wish like I just 
I, I could tell students just to like, it's going to get better. Like it's going to continue to get better. And I, I don't think if you'd have told me that when I was 18 years old, I don't think I would have believed that, that like, we're going to have a, a show on FX. that's like focused on native people, has tons of native humor, all native cast, native directed, you know, like that's such a simple thing, but I don't know if I would have believed that as an 18 to like 20 year old. And so I think for me, just to talk to any 18 to 20 year old, like there's tons of change happening. Like the world's getting better for us. We're, we're making huge waves, even in the last year and a half. Um, you know, we've lost the Washington football teams now re- removed. The Cleveland Indians are gone. Um, so there's lots of really important change. And I just would really encourage any 18 to 20 year old student just to like be hopeful um, and always carry your, your community with you too. I mean, that's really important. Um, I really struggled when I got out of, out of, into college for winter, you know, winter is a border town. There, there's a, a lot of racism and, um, it's, it was a tough place to grow up sometimes. And so when I got to college, I really struggled with my identity. And so it's been amazing to be able to recruit students who like, they're just proud of who they are. And so be proud of who you are, um, because, and, and carry those communities with you, carry your aunties, uncles, you know, cousins, sisters, all of that with you. Um, and just, I think, remember that like whatever you do or whatever degree you're going to get, they're going to be there and they're going to be proud of you. And so I think that's, that's kind of my advice for, for any of those 18 to 20 year olds out there. Well, John, this has really been great. Thank you so much for uh, sitting down with us. Um, Is there um, a way for, uh, well, before we go, uh, did you want to talk a little bit about um, maybe some upcoming events that are going on at USD uh, that the public should know about? Yeah, absolutely. So the, one of the big things that we've got coming up actually is going to be uh, Dallas Goldtooth from Reservation Dogs is going to be here on campus on November 17th. Um, that's open to the public. He's going to be giving a talk in Farber Hall uh, in Old Main uh, at 6 p.m. And so that's, like I said, it's open to the public. We're going to stream it live via Zoom as well, too. Um, we've got a lot of different things coming up. The annual uh, Wachipi is going to be, uh, I think, April 2nd and 3rd, Saturday and Sunday. So USD, I think that's going to be like the 40, it was supposed to be the 50th, obviously with COVID. So I think this will actually be the 50th annual Wachipi that, that USD has hosted here. And so um, that's going to be again, Saturday, uh, April 2nd, and then uh, Sunday, April 3rd. And we're also working on some different things um, about just with, just with alumni too. So I think we're hoping to get an alumni event together in which we like honor uh all of our native athletes on campus. We've got Mason Archambault and uh, Aspen Wilson. They both play for the men's and women's basketball teams. And so we've got a few other athletes uh, on the football team, track and field. And so wanting to make sure we recognize and honor those. And then we're going to go cheer on um, the basketball team after that. And so just different things like that. We're kind of figuring out which dates are going to work best on that. But um, we've got a lot of really amazing upcoming things. So anyone who's a USD grad, I guess, would be, this would be my, my little cell would be just to reach out to me. And I, and by USD grad, I consider that to be anyone who's ever attended USD, whether it was a summer program for Upward Bound and you were here for six weeks, uh, or if you were here for the Oscar Howe Institute for two weeks, um, you're a USD grad. So I, I really encourage anyone to reach out who's ever attended. Um, we're trying to connect with as many people as possible. I understand that not everyone had great experiences at USD. Um, and we want I want to fully admit and recognize that, that um, college is difficult. And sometimes there were some like, maybe some big obstacles that didn't let you have a great experience at USD. And so um, we're trying to connect with anyone, anyone who considers themselves an alum too. So just, I guess, if you if you want to reach out, my email is just john.little at usd.edu. And so, um, yeah, I, I look forward to hearing from any like USD grads. 
And if you're okay with it, we'll put your email address and some of this information in the show notes so people can just yeah. uh, click on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. And I think before I go, I just want to acknowledge too that it's it's important. Um, you know, even those of us who who graduated USD have moved on and, and are doing well. We went through a lot of those hard things too. And so, mm-hmm. if someone went to USD had a hard time, um, I think they should still reach out and be a, a part of these events because uh, we can probably relate to a lot of what you went through uh, or what they went through as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I encourage anyone and I do want to admit that, you know, like, I, I think that's like, first and foremost, this is like a huge institution. This is a Western mm-hmm. institution. Um, so mm-hmm. it has not always been great to native people. There's been a lot of amazing things that have come from USD over the like 70 Absolutely. years. But, but um, I do, I want anyone who's who's interested in sport. And, and, and like you said, if that's if you had a terrible time here, but still managed to graduate or maybe struggled. Um, I think it's important for our students to hear that too. Kind of what we started with at the beginning of this episode too is it's important for them to hear that they're not alone. Um, they're not alone in those struggles. Like that is other people have gone through that. And so, um, like you said, anyone and everyone, like please reach out um, so we can connect. And so we can, we're working on, like I said, developing that list and just hoping to put together programming um, that's going to like honor any graduate and any experience um, and be less focused or more focused on that versus like the fundraising aspect of it. So um, please reach out. John, thank you so much. You are a credit to that institution and uh, we're so happy to have you on this, on this program. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for all, all you do too as well, Joe. And that does it for this episode of five plain questions. I, I want to thank Dr. John Little again for his time and sharing his story with us. He, the work that he does and the positive energy that he brings to the job is so refreshing and it's really energizing. Both him and Megan Redshirt Shaw, uh, who is the, the director there at the Native American Cultural Center, and I'm butchering her title because I, I don't have it in front of me and I apologize. Uh, the work that they're doing for the students and for the alumni is fantastic. The, the work that they're doing to be able to make USD a welcoming place to its alumni is especially meaningful and appreciated uh, because that wasn't the case for a long time for the indigenous students. Um, I think, you know, we, we came through, we, those of us who were able to graduate um, sort of did it against the grain. And I think that's, um, I think that's, there's a story there for the, U, the legacy of USD. Um, and that's not to say that it's, it's, it's a bad place because there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good work for, for us. And I wouldn't have made it through USD if it weren't for the efforts of a lot of the staff at USD. So, um, but I'm acknowledging uh, its past and some of the histories there. So it's people like Dr. John Little and Megan who are there now and the other individuals that are currently there that I'm not naming and I apologize. Uh, your work is noted and appreciated and applauded. So thank you for what you're doing. And I really look forward to future episodes with other staff at USD to highlight the work that they're doing here in the early 2020s. So thank you. More importantly, I want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on Canada. That's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook, on Twitter, on 
Instagram, all across social media. And you can also find us on our website, the planesart.org website. There you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. If you have a suggestion for someone to interview, please find us on Facebook and message me. I'd really like to hear from you. Well, that does it. You take care and we will see you next week. This has been an 11 Warrior Arts production.